This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm so grateful you're here today. Today, you're listening to episode 292. I'm dropping a little bonus episode this week with Marty Heher. Marty just won the marathon project that happened this weekend. A little marathon that if you're a fan of the sport of running, you are probably following pretty closely. Marty runs for Reebok. He is in his fourth year of medical school and in the process of interviewing for residency programs, he's going to school to be an anesthesiologist and recently welcomed their second daughter into their home. To say he has quite a bit on his plate is putting it lightly. Back in February, he placed sixth at the Olympic trials in Atlanta in a time of 2.11.29. That was his second marathon. So the marathon project was only his third marathon. He crossed the finish line in 2.08.59, making him the seventh fastest all-time American marathoner. Wow, that's crazy. Marty runs for Reebok, and we get to hear about this training cycle, what the race played out like, and just what his life has looked like this past year. It's kind of interesting because we last talked in March of 2020, pretty soon after the Olympic trials. Make sure you go listen to that episode first if you want to hear more about his backstory. He is episode 236 in the feed here on this podcast. Um, But yeah, so much has happened since we last talked and then he won the marathon project. So I was so excited to get him on and hear about how all of that played out. All right, this is a sponsor-free episode because I'm just dropping it on a whim here. If you do love this show, though, please take just a moment to head over to iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a rating and review. That is a huge help for new listeners finding us, and I just appreciate each rating and review so very much. All right, Big thanks to Ben Rosario and Josh Cox and their whole team, all the people they worked with. I'm going to miss people I know, so I'll just leave it at that. Big thanks to everybody and all the athletes who came out to run the Marathon Project. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Marty Heher. All right. So exciting. Today on the podcast, I've got my first post-race interview from the Marathon Project, with none other than the men's winner, Marty Heher. Welcome to the show, Marty. Hello, it's good to be back. And you're back in Philly, huh? Yeah, pretty much got on a plane just a couple hours after the race and um, had a nice long day, but it was a, it was a fun plane ride. I even splurged for the uh, in-flight Wi-Fi so I could uh, continue <laughs> to, to just enjoy the moment. <laughs> so, you, so you could check all your social media notifications? <laughs> pretty much. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, how are you feeling one day out? Oh, uh, definitely a little beat up. Uh, <laughs> can't can't say me and Stairs are friends right now, but um, pretty much to be expected. But uh, so physically a little down, but mentally spirits are still high. Yeah, well, big congratulations from me and all of my listeners that I know are super excited to hear from you. Thank you so much. It was a pretty special day. Okay, so let's get into it. When did you first decide 
And and for everybody listening, make sure you go back and listen to my first conversation I had with Marty pretty soon after the Olympic trials. We talked when he placed sixth, and um, this was we talked at the very beginning of the pandemic. So so much yeah. has changed in the world since then. But tell us, when did you decide to uh, run the race? I mean, I really didn't fully commit to this race until maybe three and a half months out. Um, which really, I mean, it wasn't really officially like a go that much before that, but I still needed to check on some things. And, um, it was pretty miraculous how my schedule with school lined up just coincidentally, um, that I realized that I could actually get in some really great training and, and make, and make this race happen. So pretty much like three and a half months out, I had, I had already been running for a few weeks and things were going fine, but I wasn't really training, training. Um, and then pretty much from the three month on mark is when really hunkered down and, uh, ha- had this race in my crosshairs. Yeah. Cause what was your mindset? You know, when we talked, you'd play six at the trials, you were, you were hardcore into med school. You still are, but you didn't really know what was going to happen with things going virtual and things like that and what your next steps were professionally with running. So kind of where was your head in those months leading up to that? I mean, honestly, my head was very far from running. Like I, you know, at that point we had finished the trials, everything in from the near in the near and and far future was canceled as far as running goes. So um, I was really all in with we were online for those first few months with school and then they got us back in the hospital by the end of May. And then I was just kind of back on some some hard rotations um, running much. I really didn't run much for a few months. Um, it was kind of just a combination of there wasn't much motivation to do anything um, combined with school was pretty busy. So and then so I was actually really happy to kind of have this opportunity present itself and give me a reason to um, to to get back into it again because I definitely missed running. Yeah. Do you think that break, though, even if it was unintentional, it was just kind of like the way of the world? Do you think that helped when it was time to build because you were excited to have something to train for? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in like you can't just be go, go, go a hundred percent of the time. I know it's, that's how it seems like I am in my, in my regular everyday life, but I definitely do love to sit back and relax and take time to just reset. Um, and kind of inadvertently, that's exactly what those middle few months of this year did for me. Um, cause, cause you know, a marathon buildup, especially a marathon buildup for the Olympic trials marathon, it's, it's definitely takes an emotional as well as a physical toll on you. So I definitely needed that time to reset kind of get get back to baseline um and then and then right when when this opportunity presented itself at the marathon project i was all i was f- full steam ahead yeah so did they recruit you to come in or did you contact them and say hey i'm interested um it was a little bit it was a little bit of they you know ben Rosario and Josh and um, some of the you know some of the the NAZ athletes were they they put out their feelers ahead of time mm-hmm. um, to to gauge interest from a bunch of guys um, around the country and I was definitely one of the ones who said I would be interested if if something popped up um, so then when it actually um, became announced yeah they did ask me like are you going to run this because we would love to you know let people know that you are and 
at that point I said, yeah, I'm in. Okay. So let's walk back to, um, these last couple months a little bit more before we get into the race. Since we last talked in, I think it must've been mid March. Um, Mm -hmm. you've had, your wife had your second baby. So congratulations there. Thank you very much. Another girl, right? Another girl, Adeline. Adeline. Okay. And so your first daughter, how old is she? So she's two and a half now. Okay. So you have two, two daughters, two and a half and younger. Um, you are in school as a med student. Is this your third year or fourth year as a med student? I'm a fourth year. So I graduate with my MD in May. Okay. So, I mean, just so many things happening in your life right now that are kind of like life changing and turning point things. And I, and I saw on Instagram that you recently had a a residency interview. So when, when do you find all that out? Yeah. So how I'm, I'm in the thick residency interview season now. Um, it, it's, it's a full two or three months where, you know, I applied to a bunch of programs in November um, and I've been interviewing ever since. Um, I'll probably, I've got a few more left, um, in the first couple of weeks of January, and then I'll have probably spoken to around 15 programs. And then how it works is, um, in February, I submit a, a, a rank order list of my, you know, top choice down to my last choice of like where I would want to be. Um, and all the programs essentially do the same thing with the students that they interviewed. Um, and some big fancy algorithm runs, um, and on one day in March, I believe it's March 19th this year, um, everyone, every fourth year student finds out what program that they matched into. Wow. And your, and yep. your specialty is anesthesiology, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, and then your wife also just got her doctorate in nursing, I saw. She did. Yep. Uh, wow. Monica just finished up her DNP is her, her, her doctorate, um, of nursing practice. So that was really special and cool. And, uh, so she, she's the first doctor in the house. So. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. man, your family just has so much going on. And, you know, I noticed my friend Matt Chittam tweeting, like, um, I think that we need to make sure we're recognizing Marty's partner in all this, because this is definitely a, a family thing going on here. So how I, I, Go ahead. I saw that I saw that that tweet too and the first thing I did was retweet it because it's like it's so true. Like that that's what I've been telling people. Like I mean everything I'm doing it's only possible because of her. Oh. Um like like I mean to, it's it just quite simply wouldn't work if I didn't have the the wholehearted unwavering support of 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 Monica and you know she does she does so so much for me and takes care of the kids when I'm out running and puts up with a lot, you know, a lot of my little runner things. So it's, it really is like a whole family affair. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Now, do you guys have a nanny or do your kids go to daycare? What does that look like? Cause she just finished her, her doctorate. So you guys are both professionally very busy. Yeah. So she's, we've been fortunate. Monica's actually been home since Adeline was born. So okay. she's been home for the last six months. Um, uh, I mean, we, we do have a nanny who we had been using be- beforehand. Um, but she's been home and probably going back to work soonish, probably, you know, at the start of the new year, but okay. you know, we're still, you know, everything is, everything's been so crazy. It, it, it's hard to even plan even a month ahead, but, um, yeah, so it's, we've been fortunate. She's been home and, um, that definitely made things easier from, from, from that standpoint as well. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Monica. You you have been a huge part in in all of us runner fans getting to be excited to watch watch how this race unfolded on on Sunday. Um, are you tired? I mean, you're doing a lot. Am I tired? I mean, right <laughs> at, in this very moment, I am a little tired. But um, but no. I mean, it's this is what I love to do. I think it's it's this is I I signed up for every single thing I do is is by my own cause so um i mean it's i think i would say just because i mean i get i get my my eight hours of sleep every night and i think that's uh that quite literally makes it possible to keep 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 up the pace um talk to us about the race now let's get into that now that everybody knows let's do it you know i'm sure they've read the headlines that the med student (laughs) with two kids won the race but um talk to us about when you get to the start line, you know, before that, what did your training look like? Were you with partners? Were you doing a lot solo? Yeah. So, I mean, since we last spoke, I quite literally, I've, I hadn't run with another soul. I mean, you know, through this whole thing, um, it's been all solo. Um, but training was great. I mean, I did. So like I said, it was roughly three months out when I really hunkered down um, that first month, um, I was on like an outpatient rotation working from like eight to four, eight to five every day. So that was, that was actually probably the toughest part was, uh, getting in a hundred plus miles a week on the 40 hour work week. But, um, then after that, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, um, was my schedule really opened up and I had, um, mainly online classes, uh, for the next six weeks. So, that like made it possible that I was I actually got to go down to Virginia and train with Colin Benny and, mm. and my teammates, you know, um, who were also in the race um, with the Reebok group, and get some fantastic training and de- um, down there while I was you know doing my my residency interviews and my online classes, um, and like I said, Monica holding down the fort Aww. here in in uh, Philadelphia, so that that was really like a crucial part of me being able to get in 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 yeah in shape um (laughs) and then and then yeah i mean i was back in the hospital for these last couple of weeks but um at that point we were we were tapering down and it wasn't a big deal okay side note there you were back in the hospital i i saw that you were working with covid patients leading up to the the race what has that experience been like yeah, so I mean, as a fourth year student, you know, you, you do a lot of rotations. You're constantly doing two week to four week rotations in and out all 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 around, you know, the the um, hospital. And I just kind of coincidentally ended up that those two weeks were my my ICU weeks. Mm-hmm. So, um, and right now, medical ICUs are really primarily filled up with uh, COVID patients who need 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 help and need to be in there. Um, so yeah, it was. It, it's been you know, as a fourth year student, my main job is is to learn how the medicine is done in these places. So it's really you know, I first thing I have to say is is it's the nurses, the attendings, the residents who are like you know doing all the the real hard groundwork, the the true frontline work from that sense. Um, and I'm just there to help and facilitate and learn and kind of do like the small things that that I can do as as at as a student to help out. But I mean, overall, it's a very, very eye-opening experience. Um, really seeing firsthand, like, you know, what the, the end result, um, of, you know, what 
of the the COVID illness can be. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's something it's something it, to some degree. I, I almost wish everyone could see just a snapshot of it and just to really have that that stark reality of you know what what can happen. Um, and I think that would get a lot less people complaining about masks and protocols and social distancing if um, if you really understood kind of the severity of what can happen. So I think from, from that standpoint, I've really been humbled and learned a lot. And, um, and that's, you know, that's been a big part of my experience there. Yeah, I love in your post-race tweet, you said many thanks to be made, but that one was for all the working men and women, <laughs> especially my healthcare folks. I love that. Yeah, I mean they they work they work hard, and I'm I'm a little biased, but healthcare workers are some of the hardest working people in the game. Oh, 100. <laughs> percent. Were you thinking about that at all during the race? Just like the accumulation of like all those hours and just just the the weight of every heaviness of everything that's happened in 2020. Not like not directly. That wasn't like something that was like a mantra going through my head during the race. But it's definitely something you know that that's got me to the point where I am now. And like, you know, just kind of taking that very serious and very disciplined mentality of kind of where the world is now. And that it's, you know, it's just really important to be on top of everything and be smart and be safe. And, you know, that mindset has definitely kind of been pervasive in how I've been living life for the last few months. Yeah. Okay. So the race, you are at the start line. Obviously, someone who gets sixth place at the Olympic trials goes to a start line like this thinking, I could be the one to win this thing. So what were your ideas and tactics and thoughts at that on that start line? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty funny after like the the pre-race kind of uh, Zoom press conference. Everyone, every every guy there had the exact same plan. My goal is to win and to run fast. Um, <laughs> And I was no different. Um, I think everyone in that race knew that they could beat the other guys. Mm. Um, so that's how we all felt. Um, and we knew it was going to take a special time to do that. So, um, and with you know a perfectly planned race on you know from the side of the marathon project organizers, Ben and Josh and Matt. Um, I mean, the the pacing was going to take care of itself, and we just had to be smart for 22 miles, and and then race you know, and and then, you know, the end of the race would be the race. So that was kind of the thoughts going into it was just, let's just get it, get on this pace group. It's a, it's a pretty ambitious 209 flat is not something that happens every day. So, um, I was just really focused on being smart, going with the back, you know, in the back of the pack, not Mm. wasting any, any energy and, um, just getting closer and closer to the finish line. (laughs) Yeah, you guys stayed packed. I mean, that men's group stayed packed up together for so long. I saw at 35K, I was kind of like, you know, I watched the whole thing live. but And I was kind of watching you in there. I was like, I wonder what he's going to do today. But, I, you know, <laughs> I just kind of like, there's there was like probably six or seven names in there that I thought, okay, they could probably win this thing. Um, but I noticed around 35K when I watched back, the videos, there was about five of you that were kind of, kind of breaking away from the rest of them. And then obviously closer to 40 K is when you took the, the lead lead. When did you decide this group is making this move? And when did you decide I'm making this move me on my own? Yeah. I mean, I think what, what, how it ended up playing out was, you know, I, I did my, my time in the back and played it smart. 
And as we kind of closed in and crossed the, the 20 mile threshold, you know, that's, that's always when the race starts, you know, with 10 K to go. So, um, I started creeping my way up to the front and the pacer, Frank, I mean, Frank was the one who made it up to mile 22, but Mason did an incredible job as well. Um, you know, I was kind of ended up right on Frank's shoulder and then he kind of, he peeled off at mile 22 and I found myself at the front, not exactly where I wanted to be mm. with four and a quarter miles <laughs> left to race, but, um, it's just ended up, that's where I was. And I thought to myself, all right, let me just at least spend a mile or so, keep the pace honest. And then maybe I'll, I'll tuck back in and let someone else do a mile. But, um, I accidentally or inadvertently kind of picked up the pace a bit and it ended up being more of a surge. And I realized, you know, by mile 24, I had put a little bit of a gap on the field. And at that point, my, I kind of dug my hole. So I had a, I had to go and just keep on grinding it out and hope that I could just hold on um, <laughs> until the end, which I was fortunate enough to be able to do. Did you know that it was Noah behind you? Oh yeah. I will be the first one to say I was very nervous. And I looked <laughs> back, I looked back multiple times. I mean, I raced, I raced Jardy a lot of times and I know he, he's, he's not someone I want to be close to at the very <laughs> end of a race. Um, so I'll be the first to admit I looked back plenty of times in those last couple of miles, um, as I was starting to really feel the hurt locker. Um, but I think we ultimately, we, we both kind of, uh, got to that painful place around the same time. So fortunately, uh, I was able to hold them off. <laughs> what did you guys say to each other at the finish? Oh, I mean, we were, we were both ec ec ecstatic. I mean, we were, we, me and Noah are great friends and, um, I mean, we really just said congratulations. We both told each other we both deserved that. Aww. I mean, he, I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't able to make it to the start line of, of the Olympic trials. Yeah. Um, which, you know, for, I know that had to be heartbreaking for him. And so he's, he's had this one a long time coming and I know he, he really needed that. And that was really special to see. So did you feel good the whole race really until, you know, after you made that break and you thought, okay, Okay, here I am. I'm doing it, and you know, obviously the hurt came on. Yeah, I would say feeling good might be a little more <laughs> optimistic of of a term. I think when you're running 455 miles, it's uh, it it it's hard to say those just feel great. Um, yeah. I would say I actually was feeling not as good as I was hoping for okay. the first half of the race. Um, but I got I gotta say once we we hit the halfway mark, we we crossed the half marathon we saw the 64 28 we were right on pace and at that moment there was like a palpable kind of like influx of energy because i think everyone realized wow we're we're we're, we're actually doing this like the, this is going to happen today uh -huh. um because we still had a big group and i and i think from that point i actually started to feel a little better um and those 455s didn't feel as bad for the next uh for the next nine to 10 miles until they started to feel really bad. But, um, yeah, I would say I, I ended up all, you know, on a whole, I did end up feeling pretty decent. It was just, I think what was beautiful was this course was so pancake flat mm. that even when you started to not feel great, it never really got that much harder. Mm. Um, just because there wasn't like little hills or, you know, I mean, there were turns, but, 
um, there wasn't anything to really stop you in your tracks. And um, I think that was a huge boon for us. Yeah. The flat course. Yeah. Cause you went from two eleven twenty nine at the trials to two Oh eight fifty nine. Did you see uh-huh. that clock about to turn as you were oh, coming in? Man, as I was, I had about 400 to go. <laughs> um, and I heard some, I, they were yelling like, you gotta, you gotta kick to get under two Oh nine. And I, I, I thought to myself, look, this is it. This is it. <laughs> like, this is what you get. I cannot move any faster. <laughs> um, so I was looking at that clock as I was approaching it, just hoping, um, hoping that it didn't get rounded up to 209.00. So I was really pumped when it did not. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. That's such a huge PR. But were you kind of expecting to be right around there given, you know, the well, this is your third marathon, right? Yes. Okay. So given this is your third marathon, obviously a much flatter course, circumstances as far as wind and whatnot were much more favorable um, compared to Atlanta I know you were running with the 209 pace group, so this would make sense. I mean, the perfect world. Was this perfect? This was pretty perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, like the organizers did such an amazing job. They, they're big, big names in the sport, and they know exactly what the athletes want and need, and they delivered 100%. I mean, the course was perfect, flat. Um, the, the weather, you know, so the location and weather were absolutely perfect. Um, and then the pacing was was perfect. So yeah, I mean, this was as ideal as you can get. Um, and right, and kind of like you're saying, that was something that's been in the back of everyone's mind is, man, look at how fast those guys ran at the Atlanta trials, like on such a hard hilly course. Like, what is that going to look like on a flat, fast course? Um, so it was pretty special that you know my main goal was to get in the same shape that I got in for the trials. And I would say I at least did that um, in the, in this buildup. So I thought this was a pretty fair com- uh, comparison to for that conversion. <laughs> I one thing I remember after your um, after the trials when we did the interview, I I remember you talking about your bigger workouts being a little bit more conservative than what other mm-hmm. people might be doing, and it it mm-hmm. really felt like comforting to me to think, oh my gosh, she's not doing these like crazy. I mean, your workouts are crazy, but the way you explained them felt much more manageable. And I'm curious, did you change that up a little bit for this? And especially with this being so flat, was, were things different? You know, we really didn't do things that much differently, which is the beauty, which is why I'm, you know, that's, I'm very happy in the coach Fox training. It's, it's an amazing thing. And I wish more people would kind of, you know, see what he does and, and, and incorporate it into their own training. Um, We pretty much, I would say, and I say we, you know, me, Colin, Tim Young w- was in the race, and we also had a, had a couple females make their uh, debut. Paige Stoner did did great with a two twenty eight on her first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I say so, so we um we pretty much me and Colin and Tim did maybe a touch more mileage. I would say we still spent the majority of our time right around one hundred and ten miles a week um mm-hmm. for the buildup, but maybe we had a couple more weeks where we got to one fifteen. Um, so really not anything drastic there. And the same big workout was was the same. It was, um, I don't know if you remember last time, it was a 10-mile tempo um, on a relatively flat, but not actually flat course. Um, and we did the same exact thing, ran it just a hair faster. Um, and yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was very a very similar buildup, and we just tried to get a touch more out of some of those bigger quality sessions. 
And it wasn't really like we tried. We did the same sessions. I think we just were stronger from having done a marathon buildup, mm-hmm. you know, less than a year before. And um, we just were able to handle them better and run them a little faster. And that was pretty much all the confidence we needed. Um, we did, I mean, we still were big believers that even though, I mean, the course was flat, but there's still a lot to be gained from running a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, just, we don't do hill repeats, but we just, we run hilly runs and um, we have no problem incorporating hills in workouts. But we did make it a point in the last month or so to uh, fl- flatten things out and not like seek out mm-hmm. any big hills and try to be able to get, get rolling a little more comfortably on some flatter sections. Does your mind ever in the race go back to Atlanta and think, okay, this course is so much more manageable? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, it's just like, there was no, nothing. And I mean, the turns, you definitely may have lost a little momentum going around those roundabouts, but it wasn't anything like Atlanta. Like there just wasn't anything to, to kill your momentum. So that was like, that was the best part of this race was you could just keep it going. And it was, yes, I definitely had some flashbacks um, to, to, to the Atlantic course and being glad I wasn't on it. Oh, I bet. Okay. I hate asking shoe questions, but I'm just curious cause you're wearing Adidas. You're sponsored by Reebok. I know Adidas owns Reebok. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's not, you know, not really much I can say. Um, that's just where we're at right now. And, um, we were working on a shoe and it's going to be great. Um, we were just, uh, kind of ran out of time. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I literally hate asking shoe questions, but it's like, I think it's so boring, but I know that like people were going to be like, why didn't she ask about the shoes? Yeah, no, that's, that's a sport now, right? Right. Totally. Okay. Tell us, um, we'll wrap up here in just a minute. Just tell us how special that was to have your teammate Colin come in in third place. Man, it's like, I, I can't speak enough praise about Colin, Colin Benny. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be the, the, the future of American marathon and mm. he's young he is literally made for for this event, both in spirit, body, mind. Um, it was like you know, we both knew we could run under two ten. We we did every you know every almost every step of training together in, in the time that I was there. Um, and I mean, he's just so good. Um, and it was so special that that he was able to have the day he wanted to have too. And um, it's just you know, it just it gives us a lot of pride with our Syracuse roots mm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just that name is going to be one that's going to be spoken about a lot in the years to come. And 208.59 puts you at the seventh fastest all-time American. How does that make you feel? Un- it's unbelievable. I think it, it's, it's hard to describe, but I would almost describe it like, um, like a validation of my running career, mm. um, in the sense that you know, being on something like an all-time list like that is is somewhere I've always envisioned myself, somewhere I've always wanted to be, um, but I've never quite had the performance or the race to to get there. And but you know, here we are now, and I finally had that performance to kind of put myself where I've always wanted to be and felt I belonged. So uh, very very validating. That's so awesome. Uh, well, Marty, we are so proud of you and cheering you on. Do you, you have any plans for what's next in your life? Just figuring out this residency? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I have a few more interviews to do. And I, like I said, in March, we'll find out where we're going to be for the next four years. Um, but up until that point, you know, now there's, there's still time, um, to get, 
get in shape for a 10k and make that's a fine. shot at the 10k olympic team this uh this june so that's going to be the immediate plans with that i and, love that 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 you're thinking yeah. about that that's so awesome yeah we uh, did talk about it. yeah we did talk about that a little bit i think in the in the march interview yeah yeah so I can make it happen, so I'll, I'll make it happen. But then after that, we'll start residency, and uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> well, yeah, we just didn't know that this confidence-boosting marathon project was going to happen right. in March. So right, so, so cool. Um, okay, well, congratulations to you, to Monica, to your girls, and good luck with what's next. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Marty. Hey, friends, thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks, Marty, for coming on the show so quick. That was super fun to catch up and hear about your experience. We are super excited for you and what's next. You can find Marty on Instagram. He's Marty10KHeher, H-E-H-I-R. And you can find him on Twitter. He is Marty, M-A-R-D-Y underscore H-E-H-I-R. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine 626 actually have a giveaway going on today with my friend Lauren Flores, who, by the way, will be interviewing Marty and a couple of his Reebok teammates soon on her podcast, the Up and Running Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine and Facebook, where I have a group as well. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Network. We have three other shows in the network, the Up and Running Podcast with Lauren and Abby. Why is everyone yelling with me, Lindsay Hine? That's a parenting podcast. New episodes drop over there every Tuesday. And then the Illuminate podcast where myself, along with two other co-hosts, rotate interviewing people who are doing awesome work in this world. Don't forget to leave us a rating interview if you enjoyed this episode and share it with your friends. Let Marty know what you thought of the conversation and give him a big congratulations. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you Friday, which is Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.